Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Touched by a Horse. I'm your co-host, Chris Angel, and I'm here with your host today, Andrea Hall. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Chris. I'm so glad to be back. Oh, my gosh. The uh, the amount of views that your video got <laughs> was incredible. I loved it. Like, so much engagement around your first episode. It was amazing. I am truly honored and blessed and yeah. so excited to be a part of this series and continue yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I learned so much in that first, uh, I think we did an initial 10 episodes and I learned so much about the process and you got to kick us off. And so here we are once again, uh, diving into a conversation with you about, you know, the work of Touched by Horse and also the work that you get to do with your horses with people. So like, I don't know, you tell me, where do you want to start today? We could start with your personal story or we could start with the work itself. Yeah, um, I think let's talk a little bit about my personal journey. I know I touched on that in the first episode yeah. about, you know, my health and how I actually found Touch by a Horse. However, um, I, I want to, I think, talk about what my journey was and what I shared in the book, which was a huge piece for me. And we touched yeah. a little bit on that on that first episode with the word control. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Control. And just to set some context, so and, and I know we said it in the first episode, but you're speaking of a story that you wrote in a book. There is a book called Touched by a Horse. It has multiple authors that each write a chapter, yes? Yes. Yeah, so it is actually the third anthology in the series, and it's mm -hmm. called Touched by a Horse Equine Coaching Stories. Mm -hmm. It can be found on Amazon or on my website. However, yeah, there was 15 mm -hmm. authors, I believe, that collaborated and either shared stories of their journey of how the horse helped them heal through something, mm -hmm. or they were talking about their clients, the experience their clients had had with the healing of the horses. Got it. Okay, good. And so I, so I love it. You're going to share what you, basically your story from the book? Yeah. Oh, awesome. I love it. Okay, great. All right, great. Well, what, <laughs> what is that story of control? Yes. So um, my journey through letting go of control was around my fertility and my dream of one day becoming a mother and actually being able to surrender to that versus controlling the outcome. Um, as we talked about in the first episode, you know, control is really an illusion, yet so many people think that they're in control of what's going on. And are there things absolutely that you can do to help uh, change the outcome or get the outcome you want? Absolutely. However, I think ultimately anything can change the course of our lives, right? Yeah. Like we could be stuck at a red light and instead of getting through that light, because we got stopped, we missed the car accident that happened at the next light, right? right. Yeah. Like there's always something that can potentially change the outcome of where we're going. And so I really struggled with a fertility as well as this dream of becoming a mother. You know, I didn't get married until very late in life. I've only been married a year and a half. And mm. prior to that, I knew that 35 was like my benchmark that I was going to wait. And if I hadn't found the man of my dreams, by God, I was going to make it happen on my own. And wow. so wow. I had not found my husband and I said, okay, well, what does any single girl do? You know, they round up their besties and, you know, get the information and find a sperm donor and do it on their own. Hmm. So I um, did that and hmm. I had no clue and never even fathomed that it wouldn't happen. 
And the first round of IUI that I went through, it didn't happen. And I was absolutely devastated. And I thought, how could this be happening? Like, God knew that I wanted this more than anything else. Like, I had done what was supposedly right. You know, I had gone to college. I had a career. I had a house. It was financially stable. You know, what was the problem? There wasn't anything medically wrong with me. And it wasn't happening. And of course, the older you get and the more times you go through this process, the less likely it is to happen. And so I did it about six times. And as it got closer to the end, I was really struggling going, really? Like, how is this not happening? And so I was at um, a core with Melissa and a bunch of my other colleagues in Montana and it was really hot. It was July timeframe, June timeframe. And they had had a bunch of fires. This was, you know, several years ago. And so where we were at at this beautiful uh, ranch in Montana was actually really surrounded by the fires. And so the horses were really uh, very nervous that weekend mm. and weren't getting much sleep. They were tired. The smoke was really affecting them. And, uh, it was my opportunity to get to do some work that weekend. And I sat down with Melissa and I said, it's coming up for me again. Like I can relax and surrender. However, that's only for a short amount of time before I get amped up again. And I got to figure out how to make it happen. And she said, can you let it go? And I literally stopped in my tracks and my body like started cramping up and I thought I was literally going to throw up in the middle of the barn and I couldn't even say the words can you let it go and I looked at her and I said I'm going to throw up and she's like it's okay it's dirt it'll be fine and I was like no you don't understand like my I'm going to throw up and she's like it's totally fine just throw up and I, I was like oh my god oh my god and so I, of course I was panicking and we were sitting in the middle of the barn and mind you, nothing, no wind, no nothing had happened all weekend long. And out of nowhere, there was this huge microburst of air that came through the barn. And I just looked at her and she said, did you feel that? And I, I said, yeah, I, I almost didn't think it was real. And it, for that moment in time, I went, oh my God, I get it. I really get it. And so we finished, um, you know, the gestalt process, which I previously talked about is really about getting to the root of the issue and then healing that. And so it was the first time that I was able to say those words and really let it go. Right. Mm -hmm. And Jack, the horse that was there was patiently waiting for me in the round pen and just really holding space for me. Mm -hmm. And when I eventually did get into the round pen with him, he immediately went to my second chakra, which if you don't know what that is, is the womb space. Mm -hmm. And he immediately started pulling energy off of that area mm. and helping me heal. And so, like I said, we went through this whole process outside the round pen and eventually getting into the round pen with Jack. And it finally came to a place where I could release it, surrender, and um, come to peacefulness with it. And a lot of times when people think that they're surrendering to something, they think they're giving up, right? 
And so that was a struggle for me. If I felt like I was surrendering, it was like I was giving up on the dream of one day becoming a mother. Mm -hmm. And so after going through that process, I was able to leave it all on the barn floor and work through that and eventually come to peace. And, you know, within the next, I think it was about a year, I met my husband, Jonathan, mm-hmm. and um, we started dating and I got married and I'm still hoping and praying for a baby, but I'm definitely in a much different space mm-hmm. uh, and do not get amped up like I did about the situation way before, yeah. you know, I finally was able to do that huge, huge piece of work with Jack. What, what is life on this side of that experience? What is life like? So before that experience, life was a certain way. It was yeah. like, it sounds like controlling, probably striving, trying like uh, stressful. And then on the other side of that experience, what was, what is life like? Absolutely. So before I always had an agenda, I was always looking for the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, white knuckling through it. Like I said, there was days that I could be very peaceful and surrender to it. However, then once again, that was short lived and I'd be amped up about it. Right. And attempting to figure out where I was going to come up with the next round of money to do another round of IUI or was I going to do IVF and where do you come up with that kind of money? Cause the bank's not handing out money to make babies. Right. Right. And insurance companies don't want to pay. And there's only a few States that even uh, allow for, you know, fertility and things like that to even be covered. Colorado is not one of them. And so it's not a inexpensive process. Right. There are absolutely no guarantees. And what was even more frustrating about the process is that there wasn't anything medically wrong with me. So it's not like they could say, well, if you had this surgery or you did this, your chances would be better. And they basically said, you know, you're going to go into this and spend $50,000 and you got a 50-50 shot. And I said, at the end of the day, as a single person, mother how can I put myself that far in debt with the 50, 50 chance that I may not even become pregnant and bring a child into that, knowing that the child basically has a job to do to get me out of debt before it's even born. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I just physically am not able to do that. And so when I got to that place, it was like, I was giving up on it. And so once I was able to do the work, now I can just go, you know what? Do I still want it to happen? Absolutely. Are there things that I'm doing health-wise or seeing a doctor over, acupuncture, whatever? Yes. However, my agenda is not like it was. Like I can have peace and go, okay, this is not up to me anymore. Are there things that I can do to help with this process? Absolutely. However, ultimately, God has a plan and there's nothing I'm going to do to change that. That was already written in the cards long before I even had my little toes on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so if he wants me to have a kid, it's going to happen, whether I like it or not, and vice versa. If he doesn't want me to have a kid and that's not part of my journey, then I'm not going to have one. So it sounds like on this side of it, there's a lot more peace. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I feel like I can totally relate to this story um, in the sense that, um, in fact, this morning I was journaling about just something I was frustrated by and, I, and I, I was looking into it and what I felt like I was, what I received from that, <laughs> my question was just let go. Like you're holding on to something that's making your journey not the way you want it to, you, you want it to feel different. And the, way it, the reason it feels the way it feels now is because you're holding on to something 
And it was very hard for me to be like, how do I let go of that? Right? Well, and I think that comes back to the control, right? Like we hold on so desperately for something right. that we're supposed to be letting go of. And whatever we were supposed to have just went by because we yeah. weren't able to let go of this to grab what we were supposed to have. Yeah. And so, yes. you know, like you said, there's so many things where it ultimately comes back to the control and surrendering and allowing, mm -hmm. which most people don't know how to do, right? Yeah, right? Because they want something so badly. And because control is such an illusion, they think they're able to make it happen. And in reality, yeah. there's only a small part that we can yep. play in that. In, and in fact, I think, and I would guess that you can concur on this, but the, the more that we don't get it, the, the more we double down on control, right? Like, it's like, just get all tied up in knots at the end of the whole thing. We're like, yeah. And yeah, and if you, talk to a, if you talk to a lot of people, right, fertility is a big one. Yep. Um, they'll say, oh yeah, the minute we decided we were going to adopt, or the minute we decided we were gonna just forget about it, we weren't gonna, it wasn't gonna happen for us, wham, they were pregnant. The mm. surrogate gets pregnant, and two weeks later they find out they're having a baby, and their two babies are now <laughs> wow. weeks apart, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, the list goes on and on. In fact, it happened to my girlfriend. You know, mm. she had just gotten her child, and within weeks she found out they were pregnant. And so her one-year-old and um, her new baby are a month and a half apart. I mean, well, wow. 12, actually 13 and a half months apart, right? Wow, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's stories like that that happen all the time. And it's just finally getting to that place of peace and surrender, you know, because they now know, okay, I'm going to have a kid and their body goes, ah, mm. and now they're pregnant. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. I think there's a lot, I think... Um, in that space of just surrendering to what is, that new things, new possibilities open up. When you're so focused on controlling something, you can't see anything else. Right. Um, and I've just, I've lived this, so I, <laughs> I know what it feels like, right. right? That you just tunnel vision into like fixing the problem that I'm here to fix. And then I'm, like you said, like it can pass us right by because we, we're not even looking for it. We just miss right. it. Yeah. yeah, so focused. This is the kind of work that you do, right? Like when people come to, I mean, this is your story, but this is also the work you help people get to the other side of, whether it's control or whatever it is they're coming to you with, there's, this is the work you get to sort of help them to the other side of, yes? Yeah, because really what's happening now in the present moment is the control. Mm -hmm. And ultimately we look at what's happening in the background mm -hmm that is keeping them in that white knuckle place of control yeah. yep. and heal that so that they can come to a place of surrender and peace. It's yeah. so good because that's the thing, like if you don't know, we, we, we try to take what we have access to, to, to produce a result, to control something. But what you guys go to work on in the background, what you go to work on, right? It's stuff that we don't even know is like we've forgotten about. We, it's absolutely out of mind. We don't know that it's there. And the reason we're stuck in the places we're stuck is because we, we're, we're, we're not able to access on our own the things that are keeping us stuck. That's what yeah. I love about this work, right? The gestalt work is that. Yeah. So many times, you know, people say, oh my gosh, I forgot that happened. Or, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how that is playing such an impactful role in where I am now in my life. You know, I just had somebody come out 
to look at the facility the other day. They want to write an article uh, about what I do. And she was telling me how she was getting ready to graduate from high school. She um, was going to this big famous school in New York. And I want to say Juilliard, but it wasn't, she wasn't dancing. So it was another one in New York. And she had, she had been going to a Catholic all girls school. And one of the nuns pulled her aside and said, I just want to tell you, I don't know who you think you are and you are nobody and you are never going to be anybody. Wow. Like right before she was graduating and leaving, she didn't even make it barely a semester at the school and she quit mm. because of what this nun had said to her. Wow. And she just realized it mm. the other day when she went to go do something, she was like, Oh my gosh, this lady has held me back in my job, in my career, things I've done. And I mean, she's got lots of accolades. She wrote for InStyle magazine and other big magazines, right? Yeah. However, she said, I never realized how that comment affected me until just the other day. She's a two-time breast cancer survivor. And she went, wow, my life could have looked so different. However, that held me back. And here she is, I don't know, late 50s, early 60s, uh, and she's just now realizing something that happened as she was getting ready to graduate from high school. Like, she was on cloud 10, right? Like, she was going to this school, she was going to be somebody, and this nun pulls her aside and says that, and she ultimately gulped that in and believed everything she said, and that was a thought that she then took into everything she did for the rest of her life. Yeah. Ah, so it's, I mean, that's exactly it, right? That's exactly it. It's like there are, you don't know what's keeping you stuck where you are until you actually can clear out right. that past. Wow, I love that. I love that that's the work that you do because I feel like everybody has a vision of the life they want to live, a vision of who they are. And we get frustrated in, in the hurdles on the path to that vision. And then that's where I think we get hooked. At least that's where I get hooked into the control of it all. Like, well, I'm going to get to that vision if it's the last thing I do, and then I will try whatever I can to force it, when in reality, there's other things at play I, I just can't see. And so that you guys do this kind of work to get to the bottom of that and, and get to a place where surrender doesn't mean I can't have that. Surrender right. means that we're, letting, we're, we're releasing, letting go of the things we've been holding on to so we can get a different angle. Right? Well, and so, much, so many times, what actually manifests is bigger and better than what we could have ever mm. imagined. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. So, so yeah. good. I love it. Well, I think this is, I love that you shared your story. Cause I just think, oh, thank you. Let's us in on another angle of Andrea and um, I just makes it personable. You know, I think that's where we find connection, but um, yeah. I want to, I want to make sure people have a chance to reach out to you. Like if they've listened to this far and they're like, I, <laughs> you totally have my number. Like you got me. <laughs> right. Uh, how do people get in ho a hold of you? How do people reach you to kind of do this, this work with you? Absolutely. They can find me on my website at witherswhisper.com. I offer free exploratory sessions to see how we can work together, whether they come to my ranch and work with the horses or we do one-on-one -on -one coaching. They can also call me at 970-682-4405. So good. And don't forget to buy the book. That's right. Yeah. And you can buy the book on Amazon or you can also get it on Andrea's site, witherswhisper.com. Uh, yes? Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Andre, thanks for another great episode. Hope you do get to do it again. And until thanks, then, Jeff. take care.